Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 13th this year. It is sold out. Thank you again to everyone who bought tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold out all three shows this year, Karen. Yeah. Um, and that's never lost on us how, yeah. how um, supported we are in this community oh, very and much. on the outskirts as well. People drive mm-hmm. in um, to, to be at those events. So we really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got our new event dates for 2020 out. They're not on sale mm-hmm. just yet. So hang tight. Um, but you can temporarily save the date for April 24th, August 28th and December 4th of 2020. Mm-hmm. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Uh, those are 10 minute shows. There is a series of five that run the first week of every month. We pick a topic to help you build your emotional or your spiritual intelligence. And we put the first one up on bysarlo.com for free each month. And the remaining four go up on patreon.com slash bysarlo. Yeah. Okay. Those are fun shows. I love doing those. Well, because I want everybody's intelligence to increase. Yeah, that's fair. And then last but not least, we have personal sessions and gift certificates available for anyone who's interested in those or in gifting them as well. Um, mm-hmm. You can contact us via the website or you can send us an email to uh, info at com or us directly. And those sessions can be done anywhere in the world via Skype, mm-hmm. FaceTime, telephone, or Zoom. Yes. Okay, so we are in, um, well, it's November 23rd today, so as you're hearing this. Um, so what are we talking about? It's going to be a client story, and this was done over Zoom. Mm-hmm. So first of all, just to say to people what Zoom is in case they haven't heard about it, because we do mention it in every show, Zoom is much like FaceTime and Skype. It's over a computer um, or your cell phone, but it's over a techno- technological device. Nope. Not even, not even still. <laughs> Technological. Technological device. There we go. Um, where you can see each other and you can speak to each other and hear each other. So um, a young man called in actually. And a young meaning your age. I don't mean Thank 16, you. which is young, but I'm just saying it like in his 30s. And I say called in because it's still over technology. But anyway, so we did Zoom together and saw each other. And... He just simply asked me uh, what a soul contract was. And he goes, I'm going to book an hour with you. And I'm just going to sit back and listen and write notes. And I'm voice recording this. And I said, sounds good. And he goes, can you start? And if I have questions, I'll jump in. But I'd like to hear what my soul contract is. And I said, yep. I said, it's wide open. I have permission, no boundaries. And he goes, no boundaries. And I think it's good for people to hear that you can do an open session and still set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I just reiterated that he would be in control the whole time and that he could interject with comments or questions or anything that he wished and that I would also check in with him, which is which is our policy, both of us, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I checked in with his spirit guides, the first thing that they said to me was, well, many jobs, many careers, and he's not a failure, And I went, what? And they went, just because he has many jobs and many careers doesn't make him a failure. It means he's on his soul's contract. I think that's really important for a lot of individuals to hear, um, whether it's you that's going through this or you're Mm -hmm. a parent. 
because mm. I think there are many people, especially from older generations who believed one job, one career. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to change, only do it once. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, Kelly, I think of people that really put a lot of money and time into education. So I'm just going to pick one career right now and say maybe a physiotherapist where you've got maybe, you know, seven, eight years of schooling, maybe more than that. And then you find out as you're doing it that you hate it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't like what it's doing to your own body or you don't like dealing with humans. Maybe you think, wow, humans suck. I don't want to do this. I would really like to be in nature. Why did I pick physiotherapy? But because of the amount of money and because of the amount of time or how we get tied into um, an image, um, a status, like there's lots of things we can get tied into, I realize, including finances. But I'm talking about particularly if it's not about the finances, how we still can get stuck and think that we can't leave because now I am a physio. How can I go off and be an artist or play my guitar or, I don't know, totally change careers? Um, It'll be a waste of time, a waste of education. And yet, I do know that there are people out there that would say, well... I've got my doctorate and I also went out and did another doctorate. And mm-hmm. I know there are people that who, get to- it. who totally yeah. get this, but I am really pointing out that there are a lot of people who don't or who see somebody else who's done it. You know, he's a football player and he's a lawyer, you know, or he's uh, an athlete. Um, plus he has a business. He's a financial consultant. We, we see it and we hear it. And we think it's them, but we don't really place it when it's our own spouse that's struggling. Mm -hmm. Ourselves, our children, our parent, when it's someone, or even a friend, we think what is wrong with them? Or we, some, some of us talk behind their back about this and say very mean things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, getting back to his particular stuff, I said, um, well, the spirit guides just really want you to know that being on your life path perfectly means that there are many jobs and that there are more than one type of career that you are going to fully step out of landscaping and go into bookkeeping. And he goes, did you just use those two examples? Like just because it's just coming out of your head or, and I said, well, no, I said, if I'm doing my job right, I'm supposed to be picking two that you've already done. And he goes, those are two I've already done. And I said, no, I said, hopefully every example that we give in the sessions pertains to you. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is really good. He goes, but this is really difficult. And I said, it, it, it is. It is really good to hear that this is your soul's path. It, it, it isn't just one job or, or one career with different moves or always up that ladder. But the ladder from bookkeeper to accountant to owner to manager or you know what, it, like that kind of progress. Mm-hmm. But that progress for people can be very, very lateral instead of you know, always, I'll say, increasing mm-hmm. financially or in position. And he said, why would my soul do that? And I thought, why wouldn't it? 
But his question was, why would it? So I have to answer that. <laughs> so I just said to spirit guides, okay, what's up? Like, why is this his path? And they said, well, can we go into some of his past lives? Ask him. And I know you, in your head, you're already thinking, oh, I bet you this is a past life. Um, and he, so he agreed. He goes, yeah, you can do past lives. And so they showed me past lives where he had one in particular, Kelly, where he has to work from like the age of about seven. And literally, like on a farm, working for his parents, then he becomes the farmer, then he marries. So he's literally, by the time he's 80, he's worked like 70 some years. And it's always in the same area, which he ended up loving in that life. He loved the animals and the farm, but there wasn't a, a variety outside of that. And then he does pick in other lifetimes careers. I'll say similar to the physio, meaning that he picks something where he does get an education and he stays in that career. And I want to say that he actually really does like those lives. Like I don't see that he's pissy or angry that he did that. And that's why he's doing this. This isn't driven out of um, anger mm -hmm. or frustration that how come, you know, or I was so mad in those other lifetimes. It's not like that. He loves that. But he decides in terms of his soul's growth that he wants to experience what it's like to not know. Hmm. He wants to experience what it's like to feel lost. Oh, some people are going to hate this show. Oh, I know. I know. I know. And yet I also know that there are going to be other people that are going to turn up the volume. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, that's me. My head goes first in comparing um, the farmer life to the current one mm -hmm. in the difference in the kind of fatigue that you would feel. Yeah. Because as... Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and how you can kind of illustrate the different lessons, right? So yeah. if you're a farmer and you're working your land and it's all day, every day, there's a variety within the tasks that need to get done, but it is monotonous because it's the same thing every day. Mm. Now you can co you can come to bed tired and mm -hmm. have muscle fatigue yeah. because you were, you know, laborious all day, Yeah, but be happy in your fatigue because you saw the greater purpose and you really enjoyed each, each moment. Yeah. Then you come into this lifetime where what he's trying to do is figure out or know what it's like to not know. And that is, I think you use the term lost as well. Mm -hmm. That is a whole different level of fatigue. Yeah. When you are uncertain of yourself, when you are running, you know, from multiple jobs to the other or trying to figure out when it's the right time to leave one to transition into the other. Yeah. The the fatigue doesn't come from a place necessarily of joy. It comes from a place potentially of fear, potentially mm -hmm. of excitement and anticipation mm -hmm. of, you know, hopefully the next thing is better. Um, or not mm -hmm. as bad, I'll say. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a big lesson. And it's a really good one in terms of empathy. Because if all you've ever had, am I jumping? Oh, no, you're just doing it beautifully. Okay. If, if all you've ever had is the fatigue of happiness, kudos. Mm -hmm. But then it's very hard to empathize with the people who really, really need to do a different kind of hustle. This is the life path. You're saying it perfectly. You're talking, and, and it's, this is the soul's contract is for empathy. Great. 
you're just cute as a button. Well, thanks. You know what? And it really, it lights me right up because I go back to one of our very first episodes. I think it was episode seven where we talked about JK Rowling's uh, commencement speech about imagination and empathy and, and what she wrote called very good lives or Mm -hmm. yeah, very good lives. Mm -hmm. And I want to say in his particular story that he has empathy and in the other lifetimes when he is a farmer, he does have empathy for other people and for the animals. Mm-hmm. And his spirit's growth isn't from a place of being an asshole and needing to learn lessons because he's been an ass. His spirit and his growth is always from kindness, which wow. is very different, I would say, compared to what a lot of people on earth are here are doing. Mm-hmm. Or being. Yes. And in... Because we, we can really pick at people. Mm-hmm. We can really think that if someone doesn't have a job, they're not being responsible. And so he said, oh, go on about that. And I said, well, I said, you've got parents in this lifetime that um, don't support you in this. Mm-hmm. They think that you're coming back home between jobs. Um, even though they say to you, move in and we're fine with it, they're not. And, and they kind of let you know because once you're in, you know, somebody out in public is making fun and saying, oh, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I, you know, I'm, oh, he's back living with us again. He's back at the home. Every, and every time we turn around, we think we're just on our, starting our retirement. The kids come home again. And there, there's, there really is, um, the, the true beliefs present themselves in public. I hope parents are hearing that today then. Yeah. Because the way we're sticklers for language, as everyone knows, and if you really are saying one thing, but talking a different way in public, then your intentions are not in alignment. Mm -hmm. You've probably got a whole other different kind of level of fatigue. Yeah. And I'm good. Thank you. I'm going to keep going and Mm -hmm. just adding different things. And I said, so one of the other soul contracts then is that when you when you are coming back and living with your parents, because you've had to do this several times. And he went, yeah, I I do. We joke about like that they can't turn the spare bedroom into her sewing room because I keep coming back. And I said, but your mom doesn't, doesn't say anything negative about that. And he goes, no, she likes it. (laughs) It's my dad that's always making the comments. And I said, but your mom is also the one that understands people's careers. She's a manager and she always sees her employees as that she's just a manager and that they have careers. So if they're going to leave, I, I want to support them. If the, if I can provide them with a course, but they're going to take it and go to another company, that's good. So she sees everyone's growth, but her husband does not. He would not want to pay for uh, an employee's course Unless they were saying they were going to stay till the day they died or retired, whatever came first. Why would I waste my money on that? So he can't see the benefit of helping a person grow unless it's going to benefit him personally. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mom totally understands it. So he has these two parents with totally opposite perspectives and behaviors and conversations and words and he's learning from both. So the guides came in and said, well, you're there to show your mom the value of what she's doing. 
And you're there as a reminder to your dad that he's an ass. I love that someone's purpose could be that you're a reminder that you are an ass. And that he's not actually learning his life Mm -hmm. lessons. And that you are there to give him an opportunity to do that. I thought was beautiful. Yeah, I, and it's neat because if someone's thinking, okay, well, how do I how do I point out to someone that they're an ass just by being? He doesn't have to actually challenge him. That's right. Physically or verbally, yeah. his presence and his need in his situation gives the father the opportunity to learn. Oh, say that again. This this young man doesn't have doesn't have to step in and say something or mm-hmm. do something to give his dad the opportunity. His presence allows him the opportunity to learn. Which is good because that means then that the son doesn't have to be over-responsible, right? He doesn't have to walk in and explain himself or defend himself or say, hey, dad, could you see it this way, right? It's just not his job. He can get on his merry way and do what he needs to do to transition into the next career. Dad has to either take the opportunity or wait until it comes around again. Very good. That's so good. Because the dad makes comments like whenever he has a girlfriend, he will say to the girlfriend like, well, he's your problem now. Meaning that when he moves in with you, you're the one that's going to have to deal with his jobs going up and down, not us. And the mom will look at her husband and say, that's ignorant. Good. That's rude. That's condescending. Times have changed. Jobs and the workforce aren't even close to what they were like 20 and 30 years ago when we entered. Mm -hmm. Students in high schools are now being told right up front that they are going to have many jobs and many careers. Mm -hmm. We weren't taught that, hun. And he just, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to hear it. It's being told to the dad right to his face. And the mom will say these things right in front of the son to say, no, 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 you're not on your own. You're not by yourself in this. I understand what you're doing. It's fine. It isn't, it isn't a simple road. You're on a harder road than some of the other ones that are out there that got their job and can stay in their careers for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You just didn't pick it in this life, honey, and that's okay. But I accept what you've picked. Isn't that beautiful? And I like how, well, for the purposes of telling the story, I like how he's picked two parents that are so opposite for the purposes of making all of these points, as opposed to having, well, I do wish really deeply that he had two parents that got it. I would rather that his dad actually listen. I'd rather that wife have a husband who wasn't a jerk. Yes. Not a fun marriage. Better said. Mm-hmm. Better said, and and I'm just saying it, and I'll I'll continue mine. What I'm wishing is that the dad would get it, because he could treat his employees better, because he could actually understand his wife and connect to her. Because you're not connecting to your wife when you have such polar opposite thoughts and beliefs, and so that he could actually connect to his son, mm-hmm. instead of just thinking because because I birthed him. There, there's a connection. No, you have to work at that. Mm. 
And you can't just be there for the big wins. Mm-hmm. Which is what the dad wants to do. When, when, the, when his son lands a really good job and they finally think he's got the pension and the benefits, the dad's all about taking him out for dinner and celebrating it and helping him find that apartment to get him out there. But for whatever reason, oh, this was another, another thing that was in the soul contract, that he would choose to leave some jobs and that some jobs um, he would be let go. And he goes, could you go on about that last one about the being let go? And I said, yes, I said, you're, I'm being told to tell you that you would be let go. And in particular, there's a job where you're let go from that it, they would term it almost like that they fired you when in reality you got bullied out by the staff and the boss, um, didn't understand all of the bullying of the staff. They made a choice not to deal with it and instead let you go on purpose so that they didn't have to deal with all of the bullying. And he went, I'm really happy that you've explained that because when, when I, when I didn't know, like I don't work with all the coworkers, I I don't even, I can't even confirm all of this for you. He says, I'm not even certain of it, but I could ask other coworkers that I know now that are a couple of buddies but he said, this explains something to me where it came out of nowhere and I don't understand. And I thought, this is a beautiful thing to do people's soul contracts, which I, that I love that you and I can help people with. Because it does give us answers and explanations for things that we really don't know. Where we really can't see when something hit us. Like this young man not understanding why he's fired. And the boss is not giving an answer or saying, I can't remember what his boss said, something about not being suitable. And he's like, not being suitable? I was I was doing fine in my job. He doesn't even understand what the other employees did. And there is no explanation. So the boss won't even give him any answers. Won't explain anything to him. It's just you're being let go. So then how do you really go home and say to this mom who gets it, so she's going to understand some of that. So she questions him about it and says, okay, that sounds, so she says, it's okay. It sounds fishy. But the dad's like, ah, he just can't hold down a job. Ah, he goes into his lines and his stories instead of what occurred. How come you don't understand? What, what about this do you think is fishy? What are you seeing I don't see here? Right? Mm-hmm. So he was happy to hear the reason behind this so that he could actually go and ask other people to see if this is true, which I think is great. And then what, what I did for him was to simply say things to the spirit guides like, well, did I get all of that right? And they went, yep. And he has a sister and a cat and a dog. And I'm like, oh, do you have a sister, cat and a dog? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. So as long as I'm still giving in for other information um, that's accurate, I felt comfortable giving him that message. He can still go and do his own affirming. But I did what what I could do in that process, in that hour that I'm given. And I know you do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Cool, eh? I'm just kind of taking a pause for a minute because I think some people will hear this and go, well, what else? And I think, slow down, slow down. 
if you're listening to this, slow down. Don't just think, well, what else was in the soul contract? Come on. Did he have a girlfriend? Come on. Was he going to get married and have kids? Come on. It, that's not the point. When we're doing a soul contract, it's about healing. It's about helping person this young man understand his life. Well, not only that, but a lot of people, that's not what matters. Not to say that they don't want those things, but if you walk in today and your biggest stressor is that you've just lost a job Mm. or you've just got one and you're curious or scared to find out whether or not it's going to last because you've got a history of not, not keeping a job, quote unquote, then you don't have to sit down and ask those other questions. You don't have to have the answer about children and, and spouses. Mm-hmm. You, you can just ask about one direction in your life. Mm-hmm. And that might bring enough relief in mm-hmm. other areas that you can settle in and enjoy a relationship or enjoy that parenting will come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll go back in again. So he asked if he would have a career. He asked if he would settle down at some point. And I said, not for a while. No, this wasn't going to change. But that he would indeed find jobs that would last like a decade, as opposed to um, a couple of months or two years. But that he actually would find jobs that gave him more stability. And I said, but here's the deal. You're supposed to be able to... Um, see a financial advisor so that you're always putting a little bit of money away wherever you work so that you have your own pension, so that you have your own savings. You're supposed to be able to be creative on the side and learn like a trade or anything that interests you where you can make a bit of money so that you have something else that makes you happy. And he goes, what did you mean by the trades? And I said, I simply see all of them. (laughs) And I see like a handyman or a handy woman of sorts where you're able to help fix things, but you're not a a builder. You're not a carpenter, but you can go in and build the shelves. or Jack of all trades. Yeah. And I said, so you don't have to go to a trade school and be certified, but that you could make a lot of money flipping houses. And he went, you just said it. And I said, what do you mean I just said it? And he goes, it's what I want. I want to flip houses. I want to buy properties. And this is what I've been trying to get my mom and dad to invest, but they won't because my dad thinks I can't keep a job. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, then ask your mother. <laughs> she doesn't have to do it with her, with her husband. She can do it on her own income and she can be your business partner. Your dad doesn't need to be. And he was like, I never thought of that. My mom makes more money than my dad. I said, then why did you think you needed your dad? He goes, oh, that's kind of like sexist, isn't it? I thought it was dad made the decisions. And I went, well, you might really want to sit down and have a conversation with your mom because she would love to see you succeed. She would love for you to be able to do this. And then if you still go out and get other jobs but have this, It's all good for her. And by the way, if you ask your mom if you can turn the whole basement into a full apartment yourself with your friends, with your own entrance, all of your own stuff and pay them rent, they'd love it. Because it's going to give them an income when they're retired above the the two they already have. He was like, 
I like that. Mm-hmm. So then he asked me one more question. He said, do I end up with a partner? Yeah, which is all good, eh? And I said, okay, let me ask. So then I'm looking and reading the records, and I see that, yes, he does have a partner, but that he's written in a long time frame with no partner. And I thought, oh, I wonder how this is going to go down. Because, as you and I know, sometimes if people are told that it's years away or a decade away, they're really angry. Oh, yeah. They throw temper tantrums in our room. Oh, yeah. And I said to him, well, I said, you do write in a partner. And I said, but you've taken yourself off the market for a while. And he goes, yes, and shocked me. I was not expecting that I was actually giving him an affirmation that he had already done it. I thought that it was going to be that he was just hearing it and like, what does that mean type of thing. And I went, oh, so he surprised me. I said, you've already taken yourself off the market. And he goes, oh, absolutely. I'm not dating. And I said, okay. He goes, you go ahead though. He goes, um, I'm just interested to hear what you have to say about that. And I, so I asked the guides and they said he had taken himself off the market, wasn't going to date, even if somebody asked him out that he was going to explain that he had to find himself. <laughs> and I said, oh, you're trying to find yourself. And I said, but you're kind of lacking some direction. You just know that that's a term. And he goes, "Mm, okay, that's fair. (laughs) But it was his mom that told him to not date. And he listened because she saw behaviors in him when he was dating. She saw how he changed and it wasn't for the better when he was with partners. He be certain parts of his character that weren't there, I'll say really came out in not a good way. So she had told him that he shouldn't date and that he needed therapy to figure some of this out. And he said, so can you tell me what that means? Like, what what would I, what would I go to therapy for? He says, my mom has said it and I do trust her. I just don't know what I'd walk in and say to a therapist. Hi, my mom sent me. She thinks I'm screwed up with women. That's a good start. Yeah. Yes. That actually is a really good start. I think lots of therapists could work with that. Yeah. Just let them ask the questions. Absolutely. And I said, okay. I said, what your guides want you to know is, you know, we could point over here to the books again. But I said, it would be really good for you to start with the forms of verbal abuse because you're using some of them. And I said, so you tend not to do them in a work environment because you know there's a consequence but you're not you're not as concerned in a relationship because you think that your partner is just supposed to put up with it because they're supposed to take you for who you are. Like that kind of a cliche. Love me for who I am. And he goes, well, yeah. Aren't you supposed to love people for who they are? And I said, no. That is exactly what it is, a cliche. And it's an unhealthy one at that. It's important for you to grow and to learn the patterns and the ways that you're speaking. And those forms of verbal abuse could help you identify your patterns. Not trying to find it in in a woman, seeing them in you. And I said, I understand that you're going to see some of them in your dad. And he goes, okay. So we didn't go into them. It was just at the end of the session. And it was just, I'll say, a direction. And he had a couple of directions out of that 
what's in my soul contract question or, or intention at the beginning where he got things about his own behavior, a little bit about relationships, but understanding now that you don't just th- say, I'm trying to find myself and have no idea what that means and work on nothing. And then think, if I just do that for a month or two and go back to dating, I should be okay and things should change. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But that if I'm actually going to want a different kind of relationship, I have to figure some things out. And working on myself doesn't mean sitting and just meditating. And, and, I, and I'm not trying to pick on meditation. There's nothing wrong with meditating. But you have to have toolkits in order to change. You actually have to grow your emotional intelligence to do it. And he didn't know those terms, didn't know what any of that meant. And so he was just guided to starting to research those things. So he, he, we had some notes. Hmm. He, got, he took his own and he had a voice recording and I did some doodling. So he had, he had, I'll say, two or three places to go to at the end of the session. And he was given homework. Nice. He was given homework to sit down and listen to the recording and write notes about it and write a to like a to-do list, a, a work list, and then be able to sit down with somebody that he trusted and ask them if, if he let them know about it, would they want to participate? And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, hon, I said, you could easily go and research, say, the emotional intelligence, find a, a, like a podcast show on it, and then share it with your mom or your dad. And then you're going to see who actually wants to help you. So if your dad listens to it, he might actually come back with some information or want to practice with you. And I said, as far as I can see, your mom's already on board and would do it with you, with whether she thought she was getting anything out of it or not. But if she thought her employees could benefit, she'll take what you're learning and take it to work. And it's still going to benefit her. Mm-hmm. So this is um, um, beautiful homework. And, and I, I think that if people are listening to this and they're in the space of still listening to our shows and going, oh, that was fun. That was a good show. And click and then go back into your life. You're really not tuning in. Well, well, yeah, it's, it, you're supposed to be listening to these shows and going, oh, she's talking to me or, oh, how can this apply? Or what can I get out of this? Your questions really should be, why am I listening to this? You know, is there someone in my life that has different jobs? Do I actually support them? Is it my friend's kid and I can yeah. be a better friend to help? this younger, this child that isn't mine. Yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, you know, like in that example, my friend's, you know, son or daughter can never find a job. I'm hiring people, but I'm not going to say anything. Oh, I just meant in the way that you have conversations with your friend to shift the way that they think. I understand. I'm trying to point out more. Okay. I want to add to the list all the time. Mm -hmm. When you point something out, I want to point out even more so that people get as much out of these podcasts as possible. I'm trying really hard not to move my hands too much. (laughs) People are thinking, why is she doing this? Because it makes editing difficult. (laughs) It does. Now that we've gone to video. But anyway, um, I want people to listen to this show today and really think, is it you? Is it someone you know? Is that is the dad someone you know, the mom or the or the young man? 
And, and where in your life could this, could something that you learn here change something for you in a good way? Lovely. Yeah, I hope so. Is that the show? Yeah, I'm Great. done. Thank you. Oh, I love doing his session. I was so excited to share this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I could say that every single show, but mm-hmm. when I think that people could hear it and come away from it and go, yeah, I could change, that excites me. Mm-hmm. Or I could get a little bit better. Maybe you already are somebody that's doing all of these things, but thought, oh, I could listen to it again and see if I could learn something else. Mm-hmm. It's good. Cool. Okay, well, a few things before we go. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't do it at the beginning, but I would like to take the opportunity now to thank listeners. If you are just tuning in by audio today, that's fantastic. We love that you're interested Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully that you've stuck with us and you can take the gentle butt kicking that came with it along the way. Yeah. Uh, And if you're tuning in by video on Patreon, thank you so much. Um, Your Mm -hmm. time and your financial contribution is huge. It allows us to continue to invest in what we're doing so that we can Mm -hmm. keep bringing this to you in bigger and better ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, I wanted to let everyone know that next week's show, we have an incredible guest coming back. We have Carmen Theobald. She is going to be Mm -hmm. talking about um, the concept of the master herder, which is really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's actually a great follow-up to today's show because really what it's talking about is emotional intelligence and leadership skills. Yes. Um, So if you want, you can tune in next week to Carmen's show. She is or was here by video. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll be able to see her uh, on your screen if you're tuning in in, on Patreon. I'd like to add to Kelly that Carmen's um, toolkit is pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. And we know that it also has to do with horses and their stories. So some people who are horse people will love these, Mm -hmm. but we really want you to know that you don't have to even know a horse. (laughs) No, it's (laughs) to listen and get a lot out of her shows. And the second point I wanted to make is that while she's going to be on coffee with the Sarlos, we have already invited her to come and do sips of sanity with us Mm -hmm to actually put together a toolkit for people Mm -hmm. so that they can listen to that series of shows as well. Yes. So she'll be on in the new year uh, on Sips of Sanity. Yes. Perfect. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend and you can tune in next week.